my partner is Zambian and his family uh, was also not very happy about him uh, dating a white woman because they had also all this negative experiences of relatives or friends. We hear the stories about how the husbands keep the, the babies and then they hear here in Zambia the stories of like uh, how the wives take the kids. So uh, it works both ways. Welcome to International Love Story, the podcast about long distance and multicultural relationships. My name is Christina and in today's episode I'm going to welcome Susanna. Susanna is originally from Czech Republic, uh, but she's living in Zambia right now. She's actually living in Africa since 12 years. What brought her there was her ex-husband. Things basically didn't went as expected. Uh, why she ended up in Zambia, what brought her there exactly, what she's doing nowadays, and what she thinks about stereotypes. Those are just a few topics we're going to talk about in this episode. So enjoy, let's get right into it. I'd like to give a warm welcome to Susanna. Thank you so, so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Christina. And I'm excited to be here and to share my story with everybody who is listening. As mentioned, um, you, Susanna, you moved to Zambia a couple of years ago. What I'd be interested in, how your story started. What brought you to Zambia? Yeah, so I moved to Zambia basically eight years ago or at that time I didn't move here I just uh, came for work and I thought I will stay maybe one year two years and from that became eight years but maybe let me take you even farther and how did I even get to Africa because that's uh, what is quite surprising because I never wanted to go to Africa um, it was not on my radar I was always interested in Asia My dream country was Mongolia, but um, I was on my Erasmus in Sweden, which is one of the countries I really love, Sweden. You see, I'm more oriented on the north and the east, not the south. And I met uh, my, uh, at that time, boyfriend. We were in love and shortly after we started dating, he got his first job in Africa, in Uganda. I loved it. And uh, after the four weeks, uh, I went back to Czech Republic to finish my bachelor degree. And after I graduated, I moved uh, to Kampala, to the capital of Uganda, to be with him. And I started working there. I remained there two years, uh, mm -hmm. working in the northeast of Uganda. Should I jump now into the Zambia or you want to know more about Uganda? <laughs> no, share share everything with us, what you what you would like to share, anything you think might be interesting for everyone who is listening and for everyone who's watching right now. Okay, so let me remain a bit in Uganda uh, because it was my first Africa, as I say. I have never been in Africa before. I didn't know anything And then suddenly I was living in this uh, far region. I stayed in the capital for about three months, but then he was working with an NGO and we moved to the Karamoja region. 
At the time where we were living there, they were still living in very traditional ways. So they were wearing the traditional clothes, the beads. Uh, their staple food was basically uh, milk mixed with the cow blood. Uh, basically, after two years living in this region, I felt I need a change. And I started applying for jobs. So at the time, I, I sent CVs everywhere. I remember uh, sending CVs to Turkmenistan, to Lebanon, Zambia, and I got a job in Zambia. How old were you, Maya? Sorry for interrupting at that time, yeah, because think, it yeah. sounds very adventurous. So at the time when I was in Uganda, I think I have to calculate. Uh, yeah. I was 23. Um, yeah, because, yeah, 23. And when I moved to Zambia, I was 26. Uh, so 26 when I came to Zambia and I was um, I came to work with uh, one uh, NGO from the Czech Republic and I was to live in a, one of the refugee settlements in Zambia working with former Angolan refugees and Zambians. So I fell in love with the country because Zambia is it's quite different than in Uganda. And I felt it's everything is so easy. It was uh, suddenly it was much more easier to talk to people because uh, in Zambia people speak much more English compared to Uganda. So I think that can be one of the factors. And also um, when I was in Uganda, I was quite a lot in that kind of expatriate culture. So lots of people who were working there, they were expats. They came there for one year or two years, then they moved and all this was changing. But in Zambia, I made lots of Zambian friends and also uh, Czech friends. Like surprisingly, there is a good number of Czech women mostly, but who live here. So mm. it was very different and it felt more stable. And um, I, the first one and a half years, I lived in the middle of the refugee settlement in the north, uh, northwest of Zambia. And it was amazing experience. And I left in between, but I always kept coming back until basically when I came back in 2017, that was three years later. And since then I am living here. So when you moved to Zambia, you said you found a job there? And the job was, was it a permanent job or was it just uh, limited for a couple of years? How, how did it work back then? At that time, uh, I think the contract for, was for one year uh, with the possibility of extension. So mm -hmm. I uh, remember after one year I extended and then that's when the story gets a bit more complicated. And okay. at that time, in the beginning, when I was in Zambia, I was still with uh, that uh, boyfriend who brought me to Africa. He was from Italy. Your boyfriend at that point, he didn't move to Zambia with you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Ah, okay. <laughs> so we lived together in Uganda. And our agreement was that once I, because I followed him to Uganda, and our agreement was that when I find job, he will follow me. Uh, so I moved to Zambia and he was supposed to come a few months after, but uh, he didn't. He decided like he found better job and he moved at the time to South Sudan. And we were having basically long distance relationship. And that's when things uh, start to fall apart. Uh, so eventually we, we were still together. Uh, we, eventually, uh, we, we got married in between. 
uh, when I was in Zambia and then I decided, okay, since we got married, I'm moving to Tanzania. So I moved to Tanzania. I quit the job I had in Zambia. And uh, basically after two months, I think I moved to Tanzania. I was like, no, this is not working. The relationship was uh, not going well. I was missing Zambia so much. So I left to Czech Republic trying to take some time to think uh, what to do next. Mm -hmm. I still came back to Tanzania. We tried to fix the relationship, but then eventually uh, it didn't work out and we broke up. Mm -hmm. And uh, after we broke up, I went back to Zambia. And shortly after that, I I met my uh, current husband who is from Zambia. That's quite a story, I must say. So, but in between, you said you moved back to Czech Republic and you lived there for quite a while. Or did I misunderstand? Uh, no, I just went there, I think, for one month to okay. figure out things and uh, visit my family to spend Christmas there. Uh, so my plan, basically, I realized it's been 12 years, I think, since I didn't live in Czech Republic from like now oh. 12 years. So I just came went there for a short time. Then I went back uh, to Tanzania. Um, but then, yeah, then after we broke up, I went, I moved back to Zambia. So I just came went there for a short time. Then I went back. Uh, to Tanzania um, but then yeah then after we broke up I went I moved back to Zambia. Your heart is in Zambia and as you mentioned you met your nowadays husband I don't think I'm spoiling with that <laughs> but how did this happen? Did you move to Zambia and right away you got to know each other or like How did you get to know each other, first of all? I, I, I mentioned there is a number of Czech uh, women uh, who live in Zambia. So I had a friend in a city where, I, where we live right now. And uh, we, went, uh, we went out. She invited some of her friends because um, she, uh, she runs a, uh, like a movie festival here. And she invited some of her friends who were doing some performances for her. And my husband was one of them because he, uh, among other things, he is a choreographer and he dances salsa. Uh, so Ooh. we basically just went for <laughs> drinks and we never stopped talking. Yeah. And when you think back, like, was it love at first sight for you guys or did it take a while? Yeah, I think... Uh, We never stopped talking from that time. And I remember we spent the night, uh, well, maybe I was drinking, my friends were drinking, my partner was not drinking because he doesn't drink alcohol. So you can't blame it on alcohol as people would think. But we basically spent the whole night talking and dancing. And the day after he invited me, that's, that's one of the arguments we have up to now because he keeps claiming it was not a date. And I keep saying it was a date. Okay. Uh, so he inv invited me and uh, yeah, we just never stopped talking. <laughs> oh, this is lovely. And that was, that happened in which year? Uh, it was 2016. And look at you, you know, you're still in Zambia, 12 years in Africa. Before we keep on talking about how it developed from there, what happened afterwards, where you are nowadays, I would like to know because For me, it seems like 
you do have a very, very, very strong connection to Zambia. It feels like after what you are telling that it felt home quite fast. What I would like to know is what do you like most about Zambia? Like what, what is the feeling you're having uh, when thinking about Zambia, when talking about Zambia? So what is it that makes you so passionate about it? Sometimes, as we say, there are things between the uh, sky or the heaven and the earth like that we cannot really explain. So I think it's it's one of them because since uh, um, I was uh, two years in Uganda and I loved it, uh, but I loved it in, in a different way. So Zambia, it feels like I remember... Uh, the first time when I was supposed to leave to Tanzania, I was in the airport and I felt like I will not even go to the plane because I almost start crying. It was no. it was so hard to uh, to leave. At that time, of course, my life now is different when I'm married than when at that time I, I just had a boyfriend. So it was kind of uh, different. Uh, and I was much younger. I didn't have a child. So that Zambia of that times of 2014, 15, 16 is very different than what it is now, uh, including the experience. But at the time, um, as I said before, it was so easy to, to make friends. Uh, the people were easygoing. You can really speak uh, easily uh, to a taxi driver, to the ladies in the market, in the town, in the villages. It's different. Uh, to uh, to all sorts of people, and also at that time, what uh, I loved also with my girlfriends when we were young and maybe a bit wild was the music and going out. And we always say that Zambian men, uh, well, I wanted to say diplomatically, but I don't know. There is a way of saying it diplomatic. They are very handsome and they know how to dress. They know how to talk to women. So they are like very good company. Basically, if you if you go out for dinner or you go go out dancing, it, it's at that time it was really fun to be here and to have friends. And the other thing I love and it's connected to I when I was young I wanted to study um, biology. I, I wanted to study flowers. I love flowers. I and somehow I really love the. The, the landscape and the nature of Zambia. And I mentioned I lived in the refugee camp. I was the only like foreigner like from Europe in the like huge area uh, full of uh, refugees. And it was one of the greatest job I ever had. And it was one of the places I felt so safe to be living there alone. And I'm the kind of person who was always scared to stay in the house in Czech Republic alone. Uh, so there it was kind of in the bush. Uh, I used to go out like to watch the flowers and the tree. And there is something like about the different season. I love September. For example, in Zambia, it's kind of autumn. So it's the um, it's everything is dry. Everything is dusty. You see the, uh, the trees are brown with the dust. And I just love that period. And uh, every time I come back, uh, to Zambia from Czech Republic, for example, when I travel to see my parents, it's like this feeling that like I feel like I'm home. It's diffi difficult to explain, but it's just there. No, it's just interesting, you know, like if you, you're sitting in Zambia right now, we're talking how crazy it is that things just develop in such a direction. And you're sitting there and I, I guess there are moments in your life where you're like, wow, how did I even get here? Like, what 
a crazy story. Like I could have never imagined that that some point in my life I will be in Zambia, I will be married, I will have a beautiful kid, and I'm feeling home. For me, it's always incredible to listen to other stories because this is what I see a lot that um, over the time, over the experience you're making, especially when moving abroad, you're learning so much about yourself. You're learning so much about another culture. Like you just go wherever life is taking you. And in your case, life brought you to Zambia. And I, I do think it's absolutely crazy to me. And I love it. I love it so much. Just like yeah. my little heart is like, oh, it's so big right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy, actually, because I remember when I got the job in Zambia, I didn't know anything about the country. The only thing I knew about it's that my friend who was from Czech Republic and she was living in Uganda at that time, she went there, uh, she went to Zambia uh, for holidays for the famous Victoria Falls and she got bitten by a baboon. So that was the only thing I knew about Zambia. <laughs> Oh, they're quite, they're quite mean, those bamboos. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. Like, and at the Victoria Falls, there are many, like, in a big group. So every time, especially after knowing this story that my friend was bitten by them, I was like, no, I don't go anywhere closer to them. I hope your friend is But, uh, fine, first of all. Yeah, um, she's fine. It happened many, many years ago. Okay. Uh, she's fine. But what I wanted to say is, uh, as you were talking about, like when we move abroad and the life bring us wherever, I just want to say like I had I was describing how I love Zambia and it's true, but there are the days when it's hard and I think all of us who live in abroad experience this and it's I think it's important to acknowledge that it's normal, that there will be always days when uh, we feel like what I'm doing here and it's hard like there are things which are hard which would be easier somewhere else or you miss that's what I discovered when I created a community around me with women who live abroad also that we miss like those good friends we have from high school that uh, those friends you know you just go for a coffee you can chat for three hours and she understand everything and sometimes like here I find it quite difficult to to find friends which is kind of paradox because I was saying in the beginning when I was young and when I was well I wanted to say single because in Zambia if you are not married you're basically single even if you have a boyfriend uh, it was very easy to have friends but now when you are married and have a kid it's quite difficult and for example I miss like my best friend my good friends so I just wanted to say that sometimes it's hard and there are things which are difficult Mm. But uh, still, I the positives, I think, overweight the negatives. And that's why we are here. What do you do when you get homesick? My parents, my sister, my uh, grandparents, uh, they are in Czech Republic. And my those closest friends I have basically from high school, uh, which uh, even if I see them once a year or once every two years, we are still like, you know, that big up was not there. So this kind of all of my friends are there. And I think you were asking what I do when I become homesick. Um, it's, I think, uh, yeah, it will suck in the moment. Uh, for me, what helps me is that it will pass. Like usually the day after when you sleep over, like you will feel better. And usually what I do, I try to connect to like 
these days we have WhatsApp, we have Skype, we have anything. And it's actually quite amazing just that the world changed in such a short period because I remember when I lived in the refugee settlement here in Zambia, I had just the old Nokia with no... Um, no internet and with my then boyfriend we were just sending messages on the phone and email and it was completely different and also at that time there was uh, there were periods for one week there was no network even for the phone so you couldn't even think of some internet uh, so now it's kind of easy you can message call friend or um, I usually when I feel bad I just go to one of the cafes and have a cake and coffee that always make me feel better oh that's your happy place in that moment yeah oh <laughs> thank you so much for being so so open um, towards that in general to share for sharing your experience And for also mentioning again, like, hey, obviously, I love my life. I love being here. Um, I'm supposed to be here. It feels 100%. So I do belong here. But there are days where I'm just like, okay, everything just sucks. I don't want to be here anymore. What the heck am I actually doing here? <laughs> and yeah. I do think that, and that's actually interesting because um, you do call Zambia your home. It feels like home, like everything right yeah but still there are moments because you do have part of your family or part of your heart a little piece is still in czech republic even though you're living in africa since a couple of years already those moments they will always catch up with you and it doesn't matter if it's 15 years if it's 20 years if it's five years so i'm really happy that you brought up this topic that you've mentioned this that there will be moments in your life where you like as i've mentioned okay what the heck am i actually doing here um but that you will also get over it because i do think that this is very important that this is just in that very moment you just have to soak it in you have to deal with it but then the next day you'll be fine again and this just comes and goes sometimes I don't know in your experience how you feel about it, but sometimes it catches up with you quite bad and you are pretty homesick and you are, or at least in my, out of my experience, you're questioning your path and it might take a while until you realize, okay, this is just like a moment I'm having here right now. And then sometimes it's just just a little mini thought and you're able to shake it off quite fast. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's uh, just kind of afterthought, but sometimes it's like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, <laughs> But I think it's important to note that like this will happen to anywhere we live because uh, even though sometimes like I'm annoyed something, I can give you an example what I'm hating right now about Zambia is because the rainy season ended and so it meaning it stopped rain and now all the neighbors are burning their rubbish on the yards and it's just like smoke and smell and I hate it because not only because of the smell but also like you know the envi environmental implication of that because of course there is a garbage truck coming every Friday that's what that's why we don't burn but people prefer to burn their rubbish in the yard and then you know you have small baby it goes to his bedroom and you can't sit on your veranda so at that time I feel like 
but um, yeah, that's I guess uh, in Czech Republic when I am there, there are other things which I'm like, oh, I want to be back in Zambia. How long I'm still staying here? So it's uh, it doesn't matter where we live, but there will be always things which are annoying us, and there will be things which we love. Mm. And I think that's part of the human experience. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's it's a great experience. I mean, especially that you do learn a lot, as I mentioned before, about yourself and that a human being is quite adaptable, I must say, to different circumstances in life. Um, and also what I've learned is that taking things too serious. So I'd like to think that the person I was before meeting natural, before moving abroad, before all this, like seven years ago, is a completely different person to the person I am nowadays. So I've grown, I've grown, <laughs> I've grown so much. Actually sitting here right now with you, talking to you, exchanging experiences that I can say I am beyond proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's also important to sit back sometimes And to realize what you have achieved in the last few years, where you are nowadays, and just be proud of yourself. Enjoy the moment. Realize that this is where you're supposed to be. And that's also what's helping me, especially in those moments um, where I feel sad, where I feel homesick, where I feel overwhelmed with everything going on, where I'm sick of talking English the whole time to Nacho because it's not my mother tongue. I just want to throw any German words at him <laughs> in that very moment. Um, you know, to just realize, okay, listen, you got all the way here. Be proud of yourself. You moved to Zambia, you met your nowadays husband, you do have um, a kid together. What happened between you meeting your husband and having a family in Zambia? <laughs> um, well, that will be also another uh, story full of turns. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you met my husband, Chris. Um, we moved together quite quickly and we were in the period of uh, being in love and everything being amazing and it was super exciting. Um, But we also had our first arguments um, because of our different cultures. And this is how I start to dig deeper into myself and the relationship. And I think this was the ultimate beginning of my journey where I'm now being a relationship coach, uh, also helping other women in intercultural relationship to figure out the differences because of what was happening to me in the past. Uh, so I mentioned I had a partner from Italy and I was um, I was the dominant one in the relationship. It was always as I wanted. He always let me to have it my way. And then when I started the relationship with Chris, I continued uh, being the same way as I always was. I I was not reflecting about the things I am doing. It was the only way I knew. And suddenly having a different partner who had a completely different character, things start coming 
up and uh, I start to question like if the way I am behaving, if it's the best for the relationship, if it's fair. Uh, and actually that was the point I, I like to say that's when I started learning about relationship. And I think this is something we should be learning at school because uh, I don't know how about you, but uh, I felt I was completely unprepared for a relationship. I didn't know how to make the relationship successful. So we had our first arguments with Chris. The, the, the most famous argument I also shared with my client was because of TV. And it was a perfect example of a culture difference, like me coming uh, from a culture when uh, we could never have a TV in our room and um, a TV was uh, always switched off unless you were watching it. But for him, like TV was kind of a symbol of home. So we had these crazy arguments about TV, but we, we managed everything and it was still the in love phase, which was very exciting. And at that time, also my visa in Zambia was finishing uh, and I was looking for a new job uh, and I couldn't get it at the time. So I started sending CVs and I got eventually a job in Mongolia, oh. which is the country of my dreams, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, you see, I told you there will be lots of twists in this story. <laughs> so what way you were dating already and then you got a job offer in Mongolia after your, your visa was about to expire or did it expire already? Yeah, so it was about to expire in December. So I think I got uh, I got this job somewhere in mid-December and I had to travel from Zambia. I think it was 24th of December because it was Christmas Day for Czech Republic. And I remember I was in a bus from the city we live in uh, to Lusaka, which is eight hour journey. And I was eating our traditional Czech potato salad from oh. a plastic jar. So I remember very well. <laughs> and yeah, so it was fun. It was Christmas. So I, I flew at the time. I still have some of my things, I think in Tanzania. So I flew to Tanzania, got my last things. And then I flew for a couple of days in Czech, to Czech Republic. So it was fun because Tanzania was hot. Zambia was hot, 34 degrees. Then I came to winter in Czech Republic. And on the 1st of January, um, I was flying to Ulaanbaatar. I arrived. It was minus 32 degrees. And I spent there six months. So at that uh, time, we were we never saw each other, like physically. We were on the phone. We were in the typical long distance relationship but we managed and I managed to find my way back to Zambia after six or seven months so I came back and actually this period uh, in Mongolia was amazing and I have very very strong feelings for Mongolia as well so it's something like I love Zambia but Mongolia it's also has a special place in my heart so we were in this like long distance relationship but we were then all excited. We passed this seven months and I was back in Zambia. Uh, I had a job, but on the other side of the country. And Zambia is huge. So from uh, just from capital, which is kind of in the middle, going to the provinces, it's we are talking of like seven to 12 hours bus drives. So basically wow. we were in the same country, but the journey between where I was and where he was, was basically 
about 17 hours. So then that's when we enter, I think, the hardest period of our relationship and where I also learn most things about myself and the relationship in general. Uh, we had uh, lots of wonderful moments uh, when we were meeting in Lusaka or we went for uh, like visit Victoria Fall, but it was hard to be still long distance and especially in the same country. And we had periods when we had a huge arguments like overnight uh, when it looked like we, we might even split and I spent nights crying. But uh, we always managed to stand. And I think that's uh, one of the great things I, I love about my husband and is how I know that he was serious about me and he loved me. That he would, uh, even if we argue, he would never, for example, hang up phone on me or he would never stop communicating. So even if he was upset, really upset, he would still like pick up the phone and talk to me. And I think that's like how we managed we we stayed uh, in this kind of long term uh, uh, long distance relationship i think it was almost 2 years actually it it was hard but we were meeting every 3 weeks or 4 weeks uh, in lusaka because the distance was really far and we were on the phone every day so this is um, i can't imagine being in a long distance relationship without speaking to the person every day and we managed to do that even in mongolia and there there was 7 hour time difference so that was hard but we managed in 2019, I find out I was pregnant and my doctor uh, here in Kitwe, in the town where we live, he, he basically uh, prohibited me traveling because I was traveling a lot for a job that would mean like basically every day I was on at least like one 10, 10 to 12 hours bus drive from one city to another. So he said, no, you need to stop traveling. And that's how I remained in Kitwe where we live. I never went back to where I was working, just my colleagues brought me my luggage and I was working from home. And then, yeah, then eventually our son was born and I, of course, we remained living where we live. We changed houses uh, in between. We got our own house and our son is now two and a half. Um, we live in our own house, which we work on uh, since the time we got it and try to do the best uh, with our family and with our lives. Yeah. That yeah. was in a yeah. quick summary. <laughs> in a nutshell. Six years. <laughs> it's quite a lot, especially thinking about that you went from dating and being together um, physically to long distance relationship for two years. And I can imagine that especially the step from okay, you're used to seeing each other most probably almost every day to, okay, having a long distance relationship and seeing each other every three to four weeks. That must have been quite difficult, um, but I'm glad you managed. I'm happy to see that you figured it out. You do, as so you, you are self-employed now, right? So you do work from home 100% or what's, what's the status quo? So I work uh, from home 100%. So my main thing is uh, I what I focus on and what I started last year is on the relationship coaching and mentoring. So that's my own thing, which I, I try to uh, work for myself and the women who are in intercultural relationship. 
But in addition to that, I also, because uh, I mentioned it in Uganda, I started doing like the international cooperation. And I also, in, when I was in Mongolia, I was doing humanitarian aid. So this kind of work, I, I always enjoyed like working in different cultures, working uh, with different people. So I still have about 30% contract uh, with one of my uh, previous employers. And I work from home uh, in the same like a non-governmental organization just uh, because uh, I enjoy doing that kind of work. And in addition to that, I also write articles for a couple of Czech uh, magazines and radios. Uh, for example, I do interviews with women who live abroad and have interesting projects. So now I have a season of uh, articles of Czech women living in Asia before it was in Africa. So this is also my way how to travel because now I don't travel much and I really miss it. So talking to women who live um, now in Thailand or Sri Lanka or South Korea, it's very exciting. And uh, it also contributes a bit to my goal that I, before I start to uh, started to do the relationship coaching. I started my blog when my son was about, I think, nine months. And uh, the blog was mostly about life in Africa. And what I wanted to show is that Africa is not only the poverty, the, the animals, the diseases. That's, that's what people usually hear from media. But that Africa can be also very different and to kind of show that it can be a normal place to live and that lots of stereotypes are not really true. And that comes also to the intercultural relationship because I don't know how is it in Germany, but in Czech Republic, we often hear only the worst case scenarios, the negative stories, how some lady was married to a guy, I don't know, from Saudi Arabia, then they got divorced, uh, she couldn't get her kids back and all this. Stories, but we don't hear of the stories of, um, now I have in mind, a Czech lady who is married to a guy from Madagascar. They lived there for 24 years and they are happily married with three kids. And nobody hears that. So that's what I try to do also with these interviews and uh, why I decided to work with women in an intercultural relationship is to show that it can work and uh, it it's not uh, that it's doomed that any intercultural relationship will fail because there are so many intercultural relationships that actually work. The articles you're writing, um, they're not in English, aren't they? Uh, it's in Czech, yeah. They are in English? In Czech. Ah, in Czech, ah, okay. Yeah. But I will, link, I will link that if it's okay for you. Um, do they have an online website or anything um, for everyone who's interested and who's speaking Czech? to to read them as well yeah 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 i can share the links and then Perfect. i have some articles and i think some uh, also what i do on my like own youtube i talk to women uh, with partners from abroad so i can also share th those are in english because uh, the relationship coaching and uh, my relationship blog now i do everything in english so i can share both of it yeah Perfect. And I will link it in the side notes of the podcast episode, as well as in the description of the YouTube video. Um, and for everyone who's, who's interested to learn more about you, about your work, about what you're doing, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, so basically um, via email or mm -hmm. Instagram, I think those are the easiest and I have my website. So there is also a contact. So I think it's actually very easy to find me if you like look for my name, Zuzana Mukumai, 
uh, Instagram is the one I am most, and then of course the YouTube and the website. So I will share all that. Amazing. So to wrap it up to get to an end, I mean we we've talked about quite a lot about your love story, about your love to Zambia, um, and what brought you where you are at nowadays. I know this is a difficult question, but if you could give one advice to anyone who's maybe in a similar situation, who had made um, similar experiences as you did, what advice would it be? Maybe I have to say two. Okay. Uh, uh, one is that often uh, our brains and the way as we are as humans, we always uh, tend to think forward. And often it's uh, in terms of what might go wrong. So, for example, if we are in the beginning uh, of the relationship with a man from a completely diff different culture or different uh, religion, uh, we worry I would say too much of what might happen. We we wonder, will this work? What my family will say? If we have kids, how we will bring them up? Like, And we tend to get lost in all these assumptions. And I love this quote for uh, Mark Twain, uh, which goes something like, I had lots of problems in my life, but most of them never happened. <laughs> uh, so I think it's when we are in love, like we and we are committed to the relationship and committed to each other. Most of the things we will figure uh, them out. Like I can also think lots of examples from my uh, own relationship. When I am not a Christian, my husband uh, is a Catholic, and I was worried what will happen when we have a child. Uh, will he be baptized? Will he be going to church? And I was like, what, what, what? And but then basically, this is not a problem at all. So yeah, that's the advice number one. That sometimes we tend to overthink, and then when the uh, it's it's good to to have some kind of clarity about things, which can be a uh, the deal breaker for you that's something which you cannot like overstep but other things there will be always space for negotiation and finding what works for your family and this is what I love about multicultural families is that you can always create your own ways and uh, the second one uh, was uh, I know lots of women who get a partner from different countries especially when it's really different context the question of like, does he really love me? Is he serious? And then there is uh, often the question when people come from, maybe one is from a richer country and one is from poor. There are all the uh, misconceptions and stereotypes about like, is he really genuine or is he with me because of trying to go to Europe, trying to get visa? And I know this is a kind of stereotype, but it also happens. And I think it's important, like that would be my second advice, that it's always important to try to learn about the culture of the other person and to, to learn how the things are going in that country. Because uh, there is um, there are lots of women who maybe go just for holidays in a country they don't know much. And then it's so easy to fall in love with somebody without really knowing how the things are. Uh, working and I I know all sorts of stories like I know the the couples who they could not communicate to each other because they have a different 
language, but they figured out they are married and everything is working perfectly. But then I also know uh, the the couples who could not communicate and then they find out they can't actually live together. So uh, they are uh, in the intercultural relationship, there are all sorts of combination and it's impo- impossible to say which one will work, which uh, one will not. It's always uh, up to you to know because the one who is in the relationship will know if the uh, relationship is serious. But I just want to say it's good to know how it works in a, uh, in the particular culture and what is kind of normal for that culture. Um, I can give a specific example in Zambia, for example, like when what would raise a red flag for me if, if I start dating a Zambian guy and then he expects me to pay. That would be like the first uh, red flag I would have because I don't know any Zambian woman who would ever accept this. Like that uh, customer, it is the Zambian guy pays. Uh, of course, it's changing kind of a bit now that maybe they share, share. But if uh, there is a, a man who expects the woman to pay everything, then I would be a bit worried that something uh, is not right. Mm. So these kind of things are important to know and it will help you to see if like the relationship is genuine and to possibly avoid some heartbreaks and some big disappointment. Did you actually, mm, we didn't talk about that, but when you told your family and friends that you are dating a guy from Zambia, how did they react though? <laughs> so the first uh think it was they were especially my parents they were in kind of denial that they thought or because they loved my previous uh, partner so they knew him we were together since I was 21 years old I knew his family he knew my family so all my friends all my family they loved him um, so it was hard for them that we uh, we split up and then when I said like I am with Chris and that he's Zambian that he's black I don't know how to say it differently like first they were in denial that uh, it will be something just after a few weeks I will get tired of him and we will break up and actually everything changed like when uh, we uh, we got like our son and uh, we got married then now everything is fine and that's uh, I love this about Czech Republic it's there is lots of misconceptions and lots of stereotypes uh, one could say there is uh, like lots of racist thoughts uh, going on. But then in my like uh, personal experience and what most of the people, when they meet the actual person, then realize they are normal people, then they are like really open and uh, generous and they welcome the people in the family. So that's uh, that what is nice about the Czech Republic. But in the beginning, <laughs> but also in the beginning when I was dating an Italian guy, which is not that far, but I still remember the first, reaction of my grandfather which was not positive at all so I think it's generally like whatever foreign um, which is not known so well it's not accepted that well because we are not used especially in Czech Republic unless in Prague or Brno in the biggest cities like um, we don't have so many foreigners living uh, in the smaller towns or in the villages It's actually very interesting that you're mentioning the exact same point because I've talked last year, I think in September, I've talked to Lubomira. Um, maybe you know her as well. She has, uh, her husband is from Egypt. 
and they do have a family as well. And she also said that she made the exact same experience as you did with her family, that her family had a lot of stereotypes as well. Uh, when she told them, listen, I'm dating in Egypt. And she didn't even tell her family that she was um, that she was dating him for quite a while. Uh, I think even one year. And she kept it as a secret until she got pregnant. And the thing is, she said the exact same thing that checks are very like you might think there's stereo there's the stereotype thinking but once they get to know the person and once they understand the whole concept that obviously you are you are happy this person makes you happy you know what you're doing you're grown up so that this is not a big deal anymore but in the beginning especially in her case she was very afraid to tell her family um, so much so that she kept it as as a secret until she couldn't any longer. It's interesting how different cultures are just having different mindsets and um, handling specific things in different ways. And if I can just jump, because we uh, usually talk about the stereotypes on our side, but then uh, also there are lots of stereotypes on also the side of the partner usually. So for my partner is Zambian and his family uh, was also not very happy about him uh, dating a white woman because they had also all these negative experiences of relatives or friends who went to the UK, then they got a British lady, then she kept the child there. So it's kind of, you know, reverses. I was saying, we hear the stories about how the husbands keep the, the babies and then they hear here in Zambia the stories of like uh, how the wives take the kids. So uh, it works both ways. Yeah, that, that's good that you you're mentioning this again that's that's true definitely but in your case nowadays like his family is accepting you your family is accepting him so you're blending families basically right um, after all happy end well our uh, it's a bit uh, we are a bit unusual in this because uh, my uh, husband's parents they passed away a long time ago so he doesn't have parents and he have some like he has siblings and some other relatives, but they are not the typical uh, like African family as we uh, imagine it, <laughs> uh, that they would uh, meet each other all the time. They don't meet each other very often. They speak on the phone. So I am not really in touch with them, which all my Zambian uh, girlfriends are like envying me because they say it's always issues from the other people's family. So we are basically three of us, which... Uh, it's advantage in that there are no people talking to our relationship, how we do things, but also disadvantage that, for example, if we would need uh, somebody to help us with our child, uh, we don't have this option. Mm-hmm. And then my family, they know him, but they, for example, never met because he uh, he never visited Czech Republic and they never visited here. So they know each other through uh, WhatsApp, but they never met in person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could keep on talking for for much, 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 much longer. But what I will do, as I've mentioned, I'm going to link everything in the description of the video in the side notes of the podcast episode. So for everyone who's watching, for everyone who's listening, if you'd like to know more about Susanna, um, you know where to contact her. I had a great conversation with you. I've learned so much. And again, especially the topic of 
stereotypes, um, the communication we had in the end, I would have loved to go deeper into that. But maybe that's something for another episode, <laughs> if you would be up for that. And um, I do love what you're doing. I do love that you built your own community, um, that you're helping a woman in intercultural relationships, finding their path as well by um, yeah, sharing your knowledge, your experience. And obviously there's a lot of experience. I mean, I'm glad that we've talked about your past 12 years uh, in, yeah, one hour and 10 minutes, I think. <laughs> and I'm really grateful that we had this conversation today. Thank you so much, Susanna. Yeah, thank you as well. And uh, I would love talking more. So I'm definitely for another uh, episode on stereotypes or life in Africa or going deeper into the relationship because it's so interesting and it's a great way uh, of also discovering things about ourselves, living abroad and having a partner from different countries. It really makes you question some things you never questioned and it yeah. makes you grow as a person. So yeah. I love talking to you as well. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. So the next episode is going to be published on the 8th of June and the next episode is going to be together with my husband again so um, back to the roots and we're going to talk about what happened in our relationship in our lives the past two years so if there's anything specific you'd be interested in check out our instagram it's international love story and always feel free to ask us anything if you like listening to international love story if you like what i'm doing please 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 rate this podcast wherever you're listening to it and hear you next time. Bye.